We're back and we're here with Trisha Lopez. Hi, hello. Thanks for joining us so much. You are our very first guest on this Studio is so 75. exciting. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me here. Thanks for believing in us and coming <laughs> on. So we want to talk a little bit about... So, so you're a third year professional writing yeah. student. Tell us a little bit about your story. How did you end up at Woodbury? How did you end up interested in writing? T tell us, you know. So um, Woodbury was not my first choice. I actually didn't apply to Woodbury until probably the day before I had to give an answer to university. Um, I planned on going out of state and my family had a really heavy decision on what I was going to major in. So I was doing pre-law. I was applying for international law, international business. Um, and then I secretly went and I applied to some liberal college schools for writing. Um, that was always something that I really wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do it, but you know, when you're in high school and your family's kind of always telling you, you should be a doctor, you should be a lawyer, you should sure. do. Um, so I, I did that just to kind of get them off my back. But I unfortunately couldn't afford to go to the schools that I wanted to go to. I didn't get the scholarship that I wanted. So a lot of them told me if I waited until the spring semester that I would get the scholarship that I wanted. So I was waitlisted for a couple of schools. So I kind of decided I would take that semester off, get a job, save up enough money, and then we'll try this again spring semester. It was my college counselor that got really terrified that I wasn't going to go to school for a semester. So she had contacted Woodbury to come and talk to some students. She had me come to this meeting, and they brought up the professional writing major, which I'd never heard before. I've never heard the term professional writing. Um, I was applying to creative writing, English literature, like the, the pretty basic, like very standard majors. Um, and then just the way they described it to me, I would... I got really interested in it, and I kind of thought, well, okay, maybe I'll do my first two years here, and then we'll transfer, you know. Um, I met with Ruben Ellis. I brought my dad to meet with Ruben Ellis because my, my dad was going insane about... He's a friend of ours, by the way. Yeah, well, Ruben Ellis, he's absolutely amazing, and he really sold my dad and I into coming here. Again, I really thought I would, do tra I would transfer, that I would just get some of my classes out of the way, get the experience... Um, but it was just the ability to kind of mold this major on my own. I came in 2016. That's when it first started. Right. So I was able to like kind of mold all the classes on my own and give a lot of feedback. And it really felt like they were paying attention to what I had to say and the other students had to say. And I'm here three years later, and I'm still in love Not with the Not looking major. back, huh? No. So let me ask you this, because we like to bring this up, because we're the marketing people. You're from... You're from here, right? Yeah. You're from nearby. Have you ever, like at that time, had you heard of Woodbury? Or you, and, and just to be clear, we talked about this before you arrived. This is a very authentic show. Like we don't want, we want people to tell us the real story. So if you hadn't, that's really good. But I'm kind of curious. Like, So I hadn't heard about Woodbury until after I talked to the representatives that came to my high school. I mentioned to my mom, and my mom had actually told me that her friend's daughter graduated from Woodbury. Um, so I, w I was just like, okay, so this is, this is a real school. This is a legitimate school. And then when I came to visit the school, I was like, okay, it's a small school, and I really like it. I came from a small high school, so I liked the... I like the little community feeling to it. Great. Um, okay, so you talked a little bit about, well, let, actually, let's dig into the writing 
part. So have you always been a writer? Were you a writer like even as a little kid? Like how did that come about? Yeah, my mom has has some pretty funny stories of uh, I was I was really obsessed with writing about spiders when I was little, which is very funny because I don't like spiders. But I had I came home from school and I'm like, look, I wrote a new story. My mom's like, oh my god, it's about this spider, the same spider, and I kept adding parts to it. Um, I didn't really take writing seriously until eighth grade. We had a creative writing unit portion, and I was obsessed with this video game called Fallout, which I still am. And so I thought it'd be really cool if I kind of recreated the ending of the game for oh, my creative writing piece, yeah. And I, I went full, full force. This, this game is like about post-apocalyptic world mm-hmm. and everything's kind of burned. So I actually hand wrote it and I smudged the writing. I burned some of the paper so it looked like wow. you just found it. I went over the top. <laughs> um, but my English teacher really took notice of the fact that I, I had a story. And he pulled me aside and he said, I, I kind of think that this is where you should go. Um, and then I went to high school. I did a business magnet program. So I was in it for all four years. So here I am doing my business, doing my business classes, uh, doing accounting, financial planning, international business and stuff. But I'm in these AP English and literature courses and I'm, I'm in love with them. Um, so I, I, always, I always knew that I was supposed to do writing. I just didn't know what I wanted to do with it until I got here to Woodbury. Right. Trisha, I have a question for you. Uh, you said you didn't know what you wanted to do with it. W- what is it that you want to do with your professional writing skills that you're learning? So because I'm in Mariah, which I know like we'll talk about a little later, um, I always thought that I'd be like your typical writer. You know, I'm just, just going to be at home, write a book or write a screenplay. Um, but as I started getting into the professional writing programs and I got more classes, I started realizing, hey, I'm not bad at grant writing or I'm not bad at technical writing. And then when I got into Mariah, I realized I really like helping other people get their stories out there because I do a lot of editing. I do a lot of um, copy editing and I'm really, really looking at a piece and I realized as much as I love writing, it's also a really amazing feeling to be able to see somebody's process and their work and kind of understand the story that they want to get. So what I would want to do and what I'm hoping to do is um, be an editor for a magazine. So even if it's doing copy editing like I do right now for Mariah or being like a content editor or like a creative editor, that would be absolutely amazing. So you talked a little bit about this, but I want to explore it a little bit. You came into the professional writing program when it at its inception. So you had the opportunity to kind of shape it a little bit, yeah. which is really kind of unique and pretty special. Can you talk, like, give us an example of what, maybe how you did that? So we had a technical writing class. And again, all these classes, it was the first time being taught. So... We made a joke about it. So we're like guinea pigs. Like, yes and no. You know, we'll treat you a lot better than a guinea pig. Um, But for our technical writing class, at the very, our our midterm wasn't really an exam. It was, let's spend this whole entire class time redoing this class syllabus. What you don't like, what you want to keep. And we made the unanimous decision that we wanted to do a class once a week. We met two times a week. So... 
we'd meet once like in an actual classroom setting and then each of us individually would have a meeting time with our professor for the next class or the next time we'd meet and we'd go over our projects we would just kind of do a follow-up of how we're doing in the class questions that we have anything that we just personally know we're not understanding well take that time to have a one-on-one with our professor um, and it really helped a lot of us because technical writing is is not that fun. It's not that easy. It's it's a lot of being a type A personality. Mm. I've learned to be a type A personality now just because of all my copy editing and just being an editor for Mariah. But especially with technical writing, a lot of us felt like we weren't really getting the material. And it was really nice to kind of have a, okay, we're going to put the brakes here and let's let's redo this. Let's figure out what we're not doing right, what we're doing right. And let's let's get you guys back on track to how you guys are feeling. That's, that seems really amazing, Trisha. So you, uh, you've mentioned Mariah a few times, so let's, uh, that's a good segue into discussing this. Um, can you tell us what Mariah is and uh, yeah, just give us some background on it? Yeah. So Mariah first started last fall, so fall of 2017. Um, it is a online literary magazine. It is very different from our magazine that we have here on campus, 7500 Magazine. That is um, student writers. Mariah is student-led editors. So we do not submit any writing as students. We don't have students from Woodbury submit writing to us. We are working with very, very, very professional authors, poets. Um, We've gotten everything from poems to prose. We've gotten essays. Um, So we really are giving students the opportunity to really kind of take a step in the actual professional writing scene. Um, So we put out our very first issue last fall, um, and that in itself was probably one of the most rewarding things I got from Woodbury. Um, It was, we were a class of probably about 10, and it ended up being five people in the class producing the very ever first edition. So very stressful but it was very rewarding to be able to have that release party. And we had so many of the authors that we published actually come make a trip to Woodbury to come and see the final result. And afterwards, I think we've just, I think all of us can kind of agree that we've skyrocketed into now knowing what we're doing and have a better idea of Mariah. So with this issue, we we kind of know what we're doing. So it's a, it's a lot easier now. We have a lot more people. So it's very stressful. Don't get me wrong, it is very stressful. Right now we're in our production. So we're actually now producing the pages and organizing all the pieces by the themes that we've picked. And we just finished picking uh, the pictures that go along with our pieces. So now we are just having a meeting on how exactly, we're teaching everybody, it's a workshop on how to put everything together because we use Squarespace. So we're all online, there's no print. So it's a it's a good work in progress. But I, And we've been getting submissions since, I want to think, March of this year. We closed it in August, so it was a lot of pieces that we had to read. How do you solicit submissions? So our faculty advisor, Linda Dove, helps with that. Um, She's a very, very good poet, and she knows a lot of poets and writers. So that's part of our solicitation. Um, And since we published last year, a lot of our um, writers that were published kind of came back and submitted again and they told a lot more people about it um we had a pretty good response on twitter we've been doing pretty good on twitter now so um yeah it's it's either solicitations or just word of mouth we got uh, we got 
good amount of submissions. I think we got over 400 this time around, and we only accepted 50. Uh-huh. So that's a 12% acceptance <laughs> rate, which is bigger, yeah. which is which is a big difference from last year. We had like a, about a 20, 25% acceptance rate. So the top literary magazines that I know only accept 1% to 2%. So we're getting right. there. We're getting there. So a um, couple of things. First of all, you... you um, are you've been gracious enough to you're going to read a piece from this new yeah. issue so that we look forward to that but i wanted to talk a little bit more i know i'm i'm pretty sure that you had a number of female writers um people of color writers uh you know who you published is that a theme that's continuing into this new issue oh absolutely yeah we are very passionate and we are very transparent about our vita reports um, which I think is necessary for any type of print to have and be transparent about. We got so lucky last year that we had such a diverse group of writers, and we we just found that it was the same thing this year. Um, and there's one thing that we, we just talked about recently in our meeting that we find that a lot of literary magazines aren't considering. You know, they do, um, like, diversity of, like, um, women and men, like... Um, gender, oh, I already said that, gender, um, especially race and sexuality. And we do that as well. But we also do a diversity of age. Um, so, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, so a lot of, you know, a lot of people don't really think about age. Mm-hmm. We, the piece that I'm going to read is by Simon Perchik. He's 95 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's our oldest writer. And our youngest writer is actually um, a 19-year-old African-American girl. Um, and it's an amazing, amazing prose piece. And I'm so excited for people to read it. But that's kind of what we focus on as well is, okay, we want to make sure that we're also giving people different um, generational readings and generational writing. I think it's very interesting to look at the way someone writes and how their age and how and what generation they grew up kind of affects it. And I'm very pleased to see that we've done that with our first edition and we get to do that with this one, too. So we're here, if you just joined us, with Trisha Lopez. She is a third-year professional writing student here at Woodbury. She's also the editor-in-chief of Mariah, which is our online uh, literary magazine, which second issue is about to come out uh, on the 19th of November. So, Trisha, one quick... Sorry, sorry, Jamie. I didn't mean to cut in front of you. (laughs) Uh, One quick question, because I think I'm definitely interested, and I think a lot of people are interested. So what is your process as editor-in-chief? Like, when you you get 400 submissions, uh, diverse submissions, like, what is your process? How do you get that down to 50? What are you doing to do that? So we have a... uh, We've pretty much developed... Like, this is our golden plan of how we do this, so... You're right, we got we get 400 submissions, and then we work with our submissions editor. Um, this person is actually in charge of all the submissions. So one of the first things we do is we make sure that the people that submitted to us know that we got their submissions. It's very important that these writers know that we received their submission because then that gives them a time frame of, okay, I should be expecting either an exception or a rejection within two to three weeks. And then as soon as we get those going, we immediately just start breaking them up into, okay, we're reading 10 authors this, this week, and then next week we're reading 15. We just, we just start kicking those out of the way. And so the way that we pick our pieces, it's not really based on, I really like this because it sounded nice, or I just really liked it because I really liked it. It's more of, 
what did you get out of it? What's, what is the message that you got out of it? Did it impact you in some way? Did it wow you? And once we start accepting enough pieces, then we start thinking, okay, another thing is now, how is this piece going to fit in with the pieces that we've accepted so far? How is this going to build our theme for this edition? How are these all going to correlate to create one solid story that we're trying to convey? So when you pick the theme, you're not doing it before, and you're doing it after you see all yeah. the submissions. Basically. So with, with this edition, I, it was my idea um, last last semester when we met as a club that we do a food theme because it just said so happened that we got a lot of food related poems. Um, in our first edition, so I thought it'd be really funny if we do a food theme, which we ended up making this edition like the whole idea of a food theme. So, you know, in our submissions guideline, our theme is food, but you can you can do whatever you want with that. So as we're reading the submissions and we're accepting or rejecting, we're looking at the accepted work and we're starting to think, okay, what's like the overall message that we're seeing? So a lot of, so some of our themes for this edition, it's loss. And there's two types of losses, like losing yourself and like physical loss, um, like losing a family member or just, you know, lose, understanding that you've lost yourself. Um, we have relationships, which I think is kind of like a, I guess a standard theme. Um, and then we have a lot, a lot of Me Too um, poems and proses. We have um, two very, very amazing um, gun violence. Um, one's a poem, one's a prose. So we have them together. That's going to be very interesting to see them. And then we have a lot of like religious ones, a lot of our poems that we've gotten um, are like religious based. So not necessarily to say like there, it's about religion, but how religion has impacted somebody or how somebody has grown up with religion and how they feel about it now. So that's kind of what we start to look for, especially w before we do production, because that's how we set our pieces on the website. That sounds amazing. So, okay, I have a question about where did you guys come up? How did you come up with the name, Mariah? <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, fun fact about Woodbury, we grow a lot of olive trees, um, and it was it was a struggle to come up with a name, and oh my god, we it was it was such a hassle, and we couldn't come up with something that was like cool and like very spunky and unique, and it was Linda that kind of was really pressing on the idea of these olive trees, and we we have to incorporate olive trees like. This is such a quirky thing about Woodbury. So Mariah is actually a theme. The name of Athena's olive tree. Um, so that's where we got the name Mariah. And then we have on our website Athena, which is our blog section where we style like a staff. We'll do interviews of like um, of the writers that we bring onto campus to do our first press release reading series. Um, and we'll interview them there, and we'll put the interview there on our blog. So that's Athena. And then first press reading series, press like you're pressing an olive. So, and then our theme, our colors are green and white. And so, it, yeah, we we just, we kind of wanted to. You really went with it. Yeah, we, we, we really <laughs> stuck with it. But we really just thought, you know, how can we, how can we be, how can we relate to Woodbury without being flat out like Woodbury's Literary Magazine or, and you know, 7,500 is already taken. So that was also. And we were just like, well, we can't be Glen Oaks Literary Magazine. So, you know, Mariah was kind of the 
It's like it's like a little hidden gem. It's like a little joke. It's yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. And we should mention the website is Mariah Online, right? Is yeah, MariahOnline.com. So, and that's uh, M-O-R-I-A Online.com. So check it out, definitely. It's a great website. Uh, obviously, you want to check out the new issue. And, and, and in a minute, uh, Trisha will read, give us um, a preview of that. But... You also have a blog there. You there's all kinds you can read. Last the last issue, you can really get a lot of stuff on that on Mariah online. So check it out. You're also what is your uh, social media? So all of our social media is Mariah online. So we have an Instagram, we have a Twitter, and we have a Facebook. Um, on Twitter and Instagram, we're probably the most active right now because we are just really advertising for our press release on the 19th. Um, Facebook is where people do their RSVPs um, when they do the press releases, so definitely check us out there. And you can also RSVP on our website. So do you have a release party for this? Yeah, we do. So you want to talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, November 19th is when we release our second edition. We do a release party, but we also incorporate the first press reading series. So we're bringing Desiree Zamorano onto campus, and she's going to read a couple of her pieces. We actually published um, some of her pieces on our, on our second edition, so that'll be coming out. And we do an open mic for students to come. We get a pretty good response with the open mic. It's just a good way to get students to kind of interact with um, writing as much as they can, even though if they're not in the professional writing major or minor, it's just a good way to kind of get everyone involved. Yeah, and can and I think Jamie and I can attest, we went to an open mic yeah, that you guys had, there. and it was, <laughs> it was actually really, really inspiring. It was really cool to see. So definitely check that out. Um, we're going to just take a short break, and then when we get back, uh, Trish is going to read something. Thanks for sticking with us. We're back here with Trisha Lopez, undergraduate professional writing major and editor-in-chief of Mariah. And we just, she's been so gracious to sit down with us and, and talk about Mariah and uh, what the literary publication's all about. And we are so fortunate to get a sneak peek at one of the pieces that will be published in the new next edition coming out November 19th. And here she is. I just want to say thank you guys so much for having me here. It's been so much fun. You guys are absolutely wonderful. So the snippet that I'm reading is by Simon Perchik. Uh, people describe him as the best unknown poet uh, in America. He's incredibly talented. He's 95 years old. He is our oldest writer that we published this edition. So um, it didn't come with a title. So we titled it as uh, You Inhale the Way the Sand. So... You inhale the way the sand is filled with saliva, half salt, half doubling back, forgets the waves, no longer have a season, is forever harvesting the rain, the guts, or boats, crisscrossing the same shoreline, while your belly drains and the earth swallowed whole by driftwood and longing, you return to sand, lie down, with these small stones and pollen ripening, as if a root so enormous would never again be thirsty, would caress your cheeks with grass that has no other home, is thinning out its great rivers and later on. And that was Trisha Lopez reading a selection. It was a poem from a poet named Simon Perchik, which will appear in the next issue of Mariah, the literary magazine here at Woodbury, which is run by our students. Trisha is the 
editor-in-chief of the publication. We've been talking to her about writing and Mariah and her experiences and all of that. Um, so I know we talked a little bit about this, Trisha. Why? <laughs> Are you questioning my... What, like, what are you doing? Um, this is too long. Whatever. We should be done. No, I don't think we're done. Okay. I want to just uh, explore a little bit more about... So you do you write poetry, prose. What kind of stuff do you write? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so I, I always thought I was just going to stick to prose. That was my main thing. I did work on uh, I did work on music for a portion of my high school career. It was my senior year. So I, I did help with an album that was about a year-long project. Um, I didn't think I was going to do music, but I started to kind of realize, you know, I'm getting more creative with myself. It wasn't until I joined Mariah, and for the very first class ever, we actually had to learn how to write poetry in order for us to judge and critique poetry which was an interesting approach and I did I don't like poetry I didn't like poetry do I still like poetry kind of not really um but I started to get feel a little bit more encouraged to write poetry so I do write poetry here and there uh was fortunate enough to get published this summer one of my poems so that was that was kind of a solidifying moment for me to be like okay I guess poetry we could we could give a little soft spot to poetry and one of the things that I certainly want to ask any student who we have on is what would you tell someone, let's say they're, you know, 17 and they're thinking about college and they're thinking about where to go. What would you tell them about Woodbury? And it's okay. You can be like, <laughs> um, you know, go somewhere else or whatever. But we, we want to know, like, what would you, if you're speaking to yourself, if you're speaking to someone uh, who was 17, what would you say to them about Woodbury? First thing I would tell them, it's definitely a school, because I know a lot of people will drive by here and, and they never notice it's a school. But um, well, all jokes aside, I mean, it's it's worth coming and spending your whole day here. I don't think people get the experience that they should be getting by, by being here for about, what, 30, 40 minutes for a tour. I think it really is just spending a whole day with at least one student and just kind of seeing their life here at Woodbury because it's absolutely amazing. I, I did not take a tour. I, I never took a tour. And I applied to Woodbury. I came on my own. I figured out how to get to the business office on my own. It wasn't until the very first day where I realized, I'm like, wow, I really wish I was, I was introduced to the school sooner because right off the bat, you walk into the school and it's just so, it's just so like warming and inviting you know, like, there's so many people here that you'll you'll never know people. There's always new faces here. It's such a small school, and I always see new people every single day. But it's just so nice to be able to feel comfortable to say hi to them, ask them, can I sit with you? Like, what's your major? And get to talk to them. I feel like bigger schools, yeah, you know, they have the sports and they have the parties and blah, blah, blah. But I don't think they have the community and actual friendship experience that people get here out of Woodbury. My friends that I met the very first day of freshman year are still now my best friends to this day, and we do everything together. I don't think, yeah, I don't think I would have gotten an experience at a bigger school. Trisha Lopez, thank you so much for joining us on our very first episode. Trisha is a third year professional writing major here at Woodbury. She's also the editor in chief of Mariah, the 
literary publication here. Check out MariahOnline.com. Their new issue is dropping on November 19th. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, guys.